Well, good evening. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. And it is happy Valentine's Day to all of you. I wear my red flannel because it is Montana. So you have to have a flannel. Uh, it's, kind of, it's a prerequisite um, to, uh, to be here. Um, we want to thank our sponsors, Chris Dental Family Dentistry, where everyone is welcome, no matter what your status or um, your vaccination status or anything. They just want to make sure you're getting your teeth taken care of and being healthy and that sort of thing. Um, tonight, we've got a special program for you. Um, we have a program in Eugene called Onward Eugene, and uh, it's fairly new. Um, but uh, we're going to have someone come on with Kim Stark and talk about what that is, what that means. Uh, Bill London will be joining us in just a couple of minutes uh, with uh, your day's news. Um, I'm going to show you a really beautiful, Kathy and I, are, you know, as many of you know, we're looking for a home. <laughs> we're, we're living in a very small Airbnb and getting a little close. And uh, so anyway, we're looking for a place. Um, may have something on the on the horizon here. Uh, we'll see what happens. But we went up to um, to Helena. We've never been there before. Really enjoyed it. Beautiful, beautiful place. Um, and we really liked it. But we uh, went up there to look around and uh, ran into this this church that was just phenomenal. It's the Helena Church. Um, and it was just absolutely amazing. So I'm going to show you a little bit of video of that. And then I went kind of digging in my archives because I thought, what could be fun for everybody on um, Valentine's Day? And this is not a love thing <laughs> at all, but you will love this story. Um, my son used to work. He got his career in uh, fishing guide uh, up at Readout Mountain Lodge. So I'm going to show you two stories together from up at Readout Mountain Lodge, um, a place that is phenomenal. Um, but just to kind of get you in the mood to be out and about and doing things. So let's kick it off with Bill London. We'll find out what he's got going on. We'll go to Kim and find out what's on where Eugene is all about. And then we're going to take you to Montana and then to Alaska. We just take you everywhere. Do you realize that, how lucky you are? Um, we also want to thank uh, uh, Matt over at uh, New Leaf Hyperbarics and Wellness Center. He'll be here later this week, and I uh, can't wait to to see him. He's been uh, off doing some kind of cool things, and he will tell us all about that. So let's kick off the show, and we'll get right into Bill. Who puts up with this? That's what I don't understand. Bring the lion out. Bring the bring the lion. Um, tonight on our show, we're going to have... Hey guys, don't you think it's kind of fun that you get to comment on the news? There's a cost. Oh yeah, there's a cost. People come after you. Like, I think that's why this is so much fun is because... We'll see you at five. Good evening from the News Radio 1120 AM and 93.7 FM KBNW Studios. I'm Bill London. You may know me from the Wake Up Call. I do that show six to nine Monday through Friday mornings. And some days I'm even awake for it. All right, here's a look at some of the stories we're following. The Oregon Health Authority has said the peak of the Omicron surge is over and that state hospitalizations drop below 1,000 for the first time in three weeks. The latest forecast from Oregon Health and Science University projects hospitalizations will continue to recede, reaching pre-Omicron levels by the end of March. 
And with the mask mandate set to end on the 31st of March, now the director of the Oregon Department of Education, Colt Gill, discussed options for possible masking for schools. He said every district needs to talk to their local health officers and make a decision that is best for them, whether that is staying with universal masking, making masks optional, or other options. Gill said he's talking to school district leaders across the state to make sure, though, that masks stay on until the 31st. Well, at the end of March, school districts will have that tough decision to make either enforce masks in classrooms or leave it up to parents or the teachers unions. Masks have been required in schools for months now to supposedly slow the spread of the coronavirus in Oregon. Although the deadline is more than a month away, many parents are already weighing in with their preferences and predictably the sides are split. And some are even saying they'll take their kids out of school if they have to continue to mask up. Well, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is going to invoke an Emergency Powers Act to end the ongoing protests across his country against COVID-19 restrictions that have blocked or did block a key U.S.-Canadian border bridge. Trudeau will use the country's Emergencies Act to stop the so-called Freedom Convoy protesters that have snarled, uh, snarled Ottawa traffic and blocked border crossings for well, almost two weeks now. Trudeau told his Liberal caucus of his intentions today to invoke the never-before-used act. It would allow him to take special temporary measures that may not be appropriate in normal times in response to scenarios like the widespread unrest. Invoking the Emergencies Act would allow his government to declare the Ottawa protest illegal and make greater use of the federal Mounties court order and threats of arrests failed to fully disperse the protesters in Ottawa and at the Ambassador Bridge, which was reopened Sunday after police there arrested 30 protesters. The bridge, which links Windsor, Ontario to Detroit, carries about a quarter of all the trade between the U.S. and Canada. And that freedom trucker protest in Canada has inspired trucker protests around the world, including the U.S. Dozens of vehicles and hundreds of people gathered Sunday near the Peace Bridge in Buffalo, New York. It connects the Ontario city of Fort Erie. The protesters flew American flags, honked horns, and carried banners saying, My body, my choice, and do not comply. Among the organizers was Convoy to Save America, a group that lavished praise on the Canadian effort. Another group, the People's Convoy, is planning a cross-country convoy starting in L.A. and ending in Washington, D.C. They say they will announce the dates for that soon. Meanwhile, over the weekend, the Department of Homeland Security sent out a stern warning that it is, quote, a crime to shut down bridges, highways, and other critical infrastructure, and those who do will be arrested. That's kind of interesting. Just like the feds, municipal police departments, the Oregon State Police, and various sheriff's departments arrested all those anti-police protesters. Remember? They got arrested for doing that. Okay, they didn't get arrested. But if they were bribing big honking trucks, oh, they would have been in trouble. Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler is leading an effort 
he, yeah, he said leading, to pressure the state to immediately pay for homeless shelters a week after he announced a planned crackdown on homeless camps near busy roadways. Wheeler joined Mosier Mayor Arlene Burns and the ever-effective Eugene Mayor Lucy Vinnis in announcing the idea to other mayors in a conference call with the League of Oregon Cities. The three leaders say they want to unite in the effort. Wheeler's emergency order last week prohibited homeless people from camping on dangerous high-crash corridors in the city because they were getting run over, but didn't address where they're supposed to go. Multnomah County can shelter about 1,500 people, but there is well over 4,000 homeless people in Multnomah County. Wheeler vowed to oppose any solution coming out of the governor's office that didn't fund homeless services in other cities. Governor's spokesperson, Charles Boyle, said that the Oregon housing crisis was one of the governor's top priorities and that she was pursuing, quote, the same evidence-based strategies to address housing and homelessness issues as our West Coast neighbors. In other words, she's not doing anything. And finally, Oregon lawmakers still in session in Oregon, and they're going to be holding a hearing Tuesday on a bill supposedly to protect people who run elections. The House Rules Committee is going to be taking up a measure that would allow election workers to have their home addresses removed from public records. House Bill 4144 came at the request of Oregon Secretary of State Shamia Fagan, who says it's in response to a rise in threats against local public elections officials around the country. She said, Part of defending our democracy is protecting the dedicated professionals who administer elections in all 36 Oregon counties. Fagan said in a letter to state lawmakers in support of the bill that it would also increase penalties against people who are convicted of harassing an elections worker. The extra penalties would apply if the harassment takes place either during the worker's official duties or in response to action taken during their official duties. A survey by the Brennan Center for Justice last year found that one in three election workers felt unsafe because of their jobs. All right, so there you have it. I'll see you tomorrow morning on the Wake Up Call. And now it's time for Montana resident Rick to get all sorts of Montana real, which is different than Oregon real in some regards. Get real, Rick. Well, I could tell you what's partially real about Montana versus Oregon. <clears throat> we don't wear any masks. Uh, if you go to the doctor or something, yeah. And there are people who do, but nobody cares. It's not like a big deal. It's not like um, people are watching you or doing anything like that. I mean, I still see comments like this, um, S.E. Rick. I went into Winco this afternoon without a mask. Anyone who didn't have a mask on, I told them how nice it was to see their face. Um, it's just not a deal here. And that's what I feel so bad for you guys back in Oregon because um, <clears throat> they're just stringing this thing along as long as they can. Unbelievable. I mean, even in Idaho, we didn't see many. And it should be left up to like it always should have been. The people's in their own choice and what they want to do. But you know what? That's what's going to happen until you guys stand up and say no more of this. And that's what it's going to take. Um, so let me show you something else really beautiful here in Montana. Um, check this out. This is St. Helena Catholic Church in downtown, sits up on a hill, 
in um, in Helena, Montana. Kathy and I went there this week. Look at this. It was so amazing. I mean, I'm not into I'm into architecture. I'm not into having to go to a church to worship God, but it was absolutely a beautiful thing. Um, and so we were, there was people in there, uh, priests doing confessions for folks. It was just like a really amazing moment. And uh, so Kathy and I just grabbed some video and, uh, and, and did our thing. It was absolutely spectacular. Um, and yeah, they, we were kind of going, why is this in Helena? But Helena is a, it has a, also a Carroll College, which is a Catholic college there. Beautiful town, really set up nicely. Their city park is one of the biggest parks in the whole country. Um, but all, I think rivaled only by New York, um, by Central Park. And it's all on a mountain and you can climb around and go through to it. But uh, just a beautiful, beautiful building. And um, just a really great town. We really enjoyed it. So I thought I'd bring that back for you to kind of take a little peek at. Now, let's check in with Kim Stark and find out more about what this program is, relatively new, uh, called um, Onward Eugene. Well, good evening. I'm Rick Dancer. Uh, Kim Stark is here. Um, she is planning our weekend, and this little segment is brought to you by Alfred Taylor Endless Possibilities, an organization in town that uh, helps people with different abilities. And um, I'm excited, Kim, because uh, we got we got the cheese sandwiches. We got so many things happening, and but yes. we have something first you wanted to talk about, and uh, you have a guest, and so I'm just going to get out of your way. Um, did you notice in this picture? Hold on, by Mike. Did you notice? I love it. It's it's my Yeti, it's a Yeti mic, and it's so it is cool. so cool, and it makes the sound all different. And I, got I love my, it. You know, I've got my new light now. I saw your new toy. So yep, I, I saw your new. I, toy. I haven't figured out how to do those things they do on TikTok all the time when they go up and over. And uh, yeah, when you get that down, I want to see it. Hell? Excuse me, but what in the hell is that? You know what I mean? It's like these I'm dudes cool running to go. Ooh, and then they pull it off, and here they're they're all you know, You'll tight. get it. You'll get like, it. I just, they're using this light, and I don't understand. And I want to sit there and laugh and go, "You you are so dumb." But anyway, I, mean, I digress. But this part of what I do so well, Kim, I'm going to bring your guest on and let you guys talk. Here's Caitlin Vargas. All right. Yes. Hi, Caitlin. I know Caitlin joins us because I saw this on I think it was a LinkedIn post that uh, what was going on here. I'll let you talk about it. That there's a respite program for women who are working at home with kids, and I was like, okay, what is this? I need to know more. So I contacted Caitlin and roped her in. So Caitlin, tell us a little bit about this program. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Kim. It's super exciting to be talking to you and of course to see Rick again and just be part of this. So thanks for taking the time to have me on. So I work with Onward Eugene and people are probably going, what the heck is Onward? I haven't heard of them. Right. Um, right. So we're, learn about them. Yeah, we're new. Um, we actually, uh, chose the best time to start an organization, which was January 2020. Um, so we're kind of a startup ourselves. We're an economic development nonprofit, and we work with the Eugene Chamber of Commerce. And with Onward Eugene, we do a lot of different things to stimulate economic prosperity. And one of those things that we do is we offer classes for entrepreneurs that are no cost. So if someone's sitting at home saying, hey, I've got a great business idea, I'm not totally sure how to get started, where do I go, what do I do? Onward's the first step for that. So we work with a lot of different entrepreneurs, but what we noticed is that um, it was harder to get women engaged in the process. Mm -hmm. And what happened in the pandemic, as lots of you know, is that 
disproportionate amounts of women left the workforce. Right. And so not only is it hard to engage women in the workforce or in the entrepreneurial process, but now it's even harder to have them return to the workforce mm. um, once they've left because of childcare reasons. Sure, of course. And it's it's a huge problem everywhere you look. So we said, okay, we're gonna uh, figure out a solution to this. And I don't know about all of you, but I talk on a lot of Zoom meetings and <laughs> yeah. I miss taking action. And so what we did yeah. is we said, hey, let's find some money and let's provide childcare for women who go through these classes to become an entrepreneur, to start their own business. So mm -hmm. we actually got a grant from Oregon Community Foundation, uh, the oh, right. Entrepreneurs Grant. And we looked around and said, who's the best possible community partner? Relief Nursery. Everyone's yeah. familiar with Relief Nursery. They are preventing uh, child abuse and neglect in Lane County, have been for many years. Mm -hmm. And we said, let's work with them to provide childcare to women entrepreneurs who want to start their own business. And this is a brand new thing. You guys are just starting it because I know you had the setback with COVID and other stuff. So when are women eligible for this program? When does it so all? We start uh, next month and it's not just for women who are in our onward programs. We also work with the University of Oregon for the Women's Innovation Network. So oh. that's a nine month cohort where women are actually um, compensated for their mm -hmm. time, their ideas and their energy to work with mentors and take um, some educational seminars about how to start their own business. So it's women in the Women Innovations Network and um, and technically it's not just women. If you're a parent, right. we can help you, right? Mm -hmm. So parents right. who go through our inter entrepreneurial programs that run throughout the whole year onward, Eugene, all no cost. What are some things that you would say to someone who wants to, you wants to take that leap, be an entrepreneur. They are just, they've been thinking about it for a long time. Why is now a good time? Now is a good time because we, the conversations are different, right? Mm -hmm. We're talking about access in a different way. We're talking about equity in a different mm -hmm. way. And now that these issues are transparent and we're providing solutions to issues, mm -hmm this is the right time for you to feel like, hey, there's opportunities that I can take advantage of that probably honestly didn't exist a year ago, right? Exactly, right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I, I just want to encourage, you know, woman with a child, 10 children, single dad, parents, whatever, um, take a look around and know that there's people who notice the issue and who are doing something to solve that problem. Exactly. Exactly. It's so great that you guys are doing this. How do we reach you? Um, what, what website do we use? Cause we can put that up too. Great. So we're at onwardeugene.org. We okay. also have a great Facebook page. We have LinkedIn, as you mentioned earlier, Kim, we yep. have Instagram and probably once every three months, I remember to post on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's hard to keep up, but we try to do it. That's so great. I'm so glad that I actually saw this post. And of course, just being a woman and a mom myself, you know, I know how hard it is to get the business going to try to do, you know, juggle all of that stuff. Everybody needs support. So thank you for what you guys do. Um, and we're sponsored by New, New Leaf Hyperbarics and Wellness. And so this goes along with wellness and all of that stuff. So thank you, Caitlin, so much for joining us. Um, we hope to maybe have you again when upcoming events are coming, when we get closer to where you guys are starting. Onward Eugene is doing a lot of great things for Eugene Springfield. We're helping to really build the economy up. So we will have lots of great things coming down the pipe. I promise. <laughs> I believe you. All right. Thank you so much, Caitlin. And again, we're sponsored by New Leaf Hyperbarics and Wellness. And then, of course, next week on Tuesday, we do our Elements of a Healthy Life. Rick is healthy in Montana. <laughs>
Wait, that showed last night <clears throat> got so many views. Um, oh, people yeah. really, yeah. And I cut it up into pieces so that they, he can use the hard stuff separately and he can use the story of Mandy. Cause anytime you, you meet okay. someone who's lost that much weight, right. Um, it, it, it's, it's, you know, it's inspiring. Uh, it was because great. you realize the commitment, you know, so. Yes. Anyway. Oh my gosh. I love talking to her and I love how she's like, find the fattest picture of me. <laughs> so that was Kim and um, we thought we'd take that up last week <clears throat> for the Friday show. We couldn't use it. So uh, we saved it for today for Valentine's Day. Okay. Now special trip. We're taking Alaska. So this is about an hour and a half flight uh, due west from Anchorage out in a place called Redoubt Mountain. Um, just under that, it was a volcano that blew up a few years ago. And there's a, a Lake Clark is a, a national park, millions of acres. And then this is a five acre private piece of land owned by a friend of mine. It's just stuck right in the middle of that. So you fly into it, you fish. It's an amazing place. So let's just kind of sit back, enjoy our, our, uh, our night um, on the 14th of uh, February. And I'll take you on a little trip here. Hang on. It's like going back in time. I mean, this is like the lower 48 was 100 years ago. It's nature in its uh, simple form. You know, it's not the uh, it's not the TV form. You know, there's nobody for miles. I mean, literally miles and miles. You're not going to see another soul. This is what we get to do out here. We get to show people wild Alaska or just nature, I guess, in its truest sense. Because I think Alaska, for a lot of people, is a bucket list. It's one of those once-in-a-lifetime trips. I think it's something that words can't really express. It's beyond, it's beyond pictures, it's beyond words, it's beyond anything really tangible. Welcome to Alaska, a place where you don't manufacture remote. Remote is everywhere you look. There are 29 volcanoes in Alaska and one of the most active sits right behind the Redoubt Mountain Lodge. We're gonna introduce you to this hidden jewel one of the coolest things about this place is there's only one way in and there's only one way out. This is Alaska's version of Grand Central Station. There's a, a huge percentage of the state, like 98% or something, that's not even accessible by road. So airplanes, whether wheels or floats, have to be able to service people that live or have want to run businesses in the wilderness. Everything is flown into and out of the Redoubt Mountain Lodge on a float plane. Everything. You fly for about 45 minutes down the inlet, down the ocean. And it's, it's new and unique, but it's not quite spectacular beauty. It's just ocean and, and seashore and uh, coastline. And then you get into the mountains all of a sudden.
A trip to Readout Mountain is like a trip back in time to another world. I've flown into, I can't even tell you how many, dozens of lodges over my flying career, and uh, Readout Mountain Lodge is the most beautiful location, for one thing. There are no roads, no cell phones, and no reminders of life as we know it. This is wilderness. This is what earned Alaska the honor of being considered the last frontier. The main features is certainly the Mount Readout, is to be able to look at a 10,000-foot volcano, active volcano, within view from a number of different angles around the surrounding area. But what's also become really popular is just the Crescent River Valley. Just a picturesque valley with uh, rivers converging and flowing right through the center of it and uh, 4,000 foot peaks either side of you. Peaks that seem to watch over you. Every turn, every view filled with towering mountains. I think it's just more and more difficult to find completely remote locations anymore with, with no other operators and, and no, other, no other crowds. At Readout Mountain Lodge, isolation is their specialty. The lodge is situated on five privately owned acres nestled in the shadow of Readout Mountain. All this in the middle of four million acres of national park and preserve. Here, you are alone. Just you, the other guests, the staff, and the wilderness. We have six little private log cabins um, throughout the property. They each have their own bathroom which includes a toilet, shower, sink, hot water, heat, uh, with a thermostat inside for you to control. Uh, we have a queen and a twin bed in each cabin with just the most, the best flannel sheets ever. At Readout Mountain Lodge, remote doesn't mean roughing it. Everyone says that the beds hold them hostage every morning and they don't want to get out. There's a cedar hot tub enclosed in a gazebo with screen windows that open has 300-degree views of Crescent Lake and the Chigmet Mountains with our hanging glacier. The main lodge is where all the activity happens. It's kind of the heart of the property. Um, it's where all the life is, where I feed you, where you come to converse with the other guests, where everybody comes to just kind of chill and hang out. And we want to make sure that people are coming here and getting what they want. You're really feeling like the vacation they're on is theirs. Life at Readout Mountain Lodge is simple for the guests. A simple place in the middle of the most wild, untamed land you will ever visit. In Alaska, everything is bigger, wilder, and more extreme. We call it kind of rustic luxury because for everything that's here, it was brought in by a float plane, which is pretty incredible to think about. Nothing's really fancy five-star rooms, but they're really nice and they're really comfortable and the beds are, you know, the beds are cozy and the, the showers are hot and the towels are fluffy, the food is good and the beer is cold and I think people get here and they realize what they really need to live and be happy and I think it brings people down, back down to the basics of what do I need to be happy. I think that's kind of what Kathy and I are finding <clears throat> here in Montana too. Um, what do we need to make us happy? 
Right now, it's not a house. <laughs> that would make us happier, but not a house. Um, it's uh, each other and having um, the freedom to choose whether I want to wear a mask or what I want to do. Um, and uh, I'll tell you what, wild and free, as Mr. Thoreau said, all good things are wild and free. And I am so sorry for you in Oregon that are not wild and free. <clears throat> but I think you're going to get there. And then when you do, you hold that line, sucker. You hold it as tightly as you can. Because if anything that we've learned through this whole pandemic is that freedom, you have to fight for it. You have to fight tooth and nail to keep it. And they will try to take it back again. And they will try to prevent you from getting it. But we can. And we will. And we will not let it go easily again. Will we? All right. Happy Valentine's Day to you. Uh, tomorrow night we have elements of a healthy life. And have we got a treat for you, Zach Chil um, Childress. Young man with uh, cerebral palsy. But he's a bodybuilder. This guy's a stud. I mean, he is cut and he's tough and nobody ever thought he could do it. Um, and he's an Elements success story at Elements Health Club. And uh, Brian, the owner of um, Elements, went on a little trip and he did a little Rick Dancer thing. So we're going to take you to the John Day Painted Hills and uh, at a ghost town. He did a really good job. And then tomorrow night, I'm going to air a really fun story that I, Kathy and I did in Baker County at the Sumter Railroad to show you some other things in Oregon that are going to be coming back for everybody to enjoy. So uh, share this on your page. Let other people know what's going on. And um, I will see you tomorrow night. Have a nice evening with whoever it is that you love. Good night.